This is Performance Deliver, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered Insider Secrets for Digital Marketing Success podcast, where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn about how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. Today, I'm happy to welcome Aguila DeFazio as my guest. Aguila is the president of Advertise, a social media advertising company located in Paso Robles. She works with companies of all sizes, from startups to big enterprises. And prior to launching Advertise, Aguila spent more than a decade working in-house at a variety of companies, ranging from outdoor gear and apparel e-commerce to pet health insurance, online publications, and even marketing. Aguila, great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Stefan. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> um, Vila, you know, when, when I did my research about uh, you uh, to prepare for the podcast, um, I, I noticed that you started off in physical therapy. So how does someone come from physical ter therapy and then decide, you know what, I want to do a 180 and go into digital marketing? <laughs> Excellent question. I'll try to keep it short because it was quite a journey. But my family tried to get me to go into medicine because that was a secure job field. And uh, my, my father and my stepsisters were all working in that field. And naturally, I, I figured, like, you know, I'll, I'll listen to the adults in my life that I trust. <laughs> and I went that way. And it was great. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. But I realized at the end of uh, my education that it's just not quite what I wanted to do long term. And it wasn't fulfilling to where I thought maybe it should be. Mm -hmm. So as I was trying to get into grad school, I wasn't able to get in for two years and I realized that maybe this is the universe telling me that I should try a different path and really just hone in on what was interesting to me. And while I was working at the physical therapy clinics as an aide for a few years, I got to dive into marketing a little bit here and there for mm -hmm. the clinics. And I loved that, but it was such a minimal part of my job that I wanted more of it. And an internship popped up. I was living in Seattle at the time for uh, an e-commerce position within uh, the digital marketing um, department at a place called Evo, and they do outdoor apparel and gear from snowboarding, skiing, wakeboarding, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was already into that stuff in my personal life as hobbies, and I really wanted to work there. I was a frequent attendee of their events at that store, and I pushed and pushed to get that internship, and they grilled me at those um, all those uh, interviews and they're like mm -hmm. out of 30 some applicants you are the only one that doesn't have a business marketing or communications degree why yeah. should we give this to you and I I guess I put up a good enough case to where they told me that I was the wild card and they were going to go with me and they really gave my start gave me, gave me my start within digital marketing and I owe it to them because they gave me that chance and that's kind of how I fell into it um, and here we are now <laughs> that's a great story um, so you started your internship at this um, outdoor company. Um, what kind of digital marketing activities did you touch um, from that point on to now? Um, did, you, did you start off with social media marketing or did you do other social or other digital marketing activities first? There's mostly other digital marketing. I didn't get to delve into social media and paid search until later in my career, but I started off with e-commerce by just setting up our shopping feeds through a number of different uh, online retail shops from Zappos to um, Backcountry and all those kind of uh, relevant websites to their brand. And then towards the end of my internship, I ended up getting hired full-time, which was great. 
but that was the year the recession hit in 20, uh, 2008. So unfortunately, mm. they had to let go a number of the staff members and nobody was buying skis that year, but I was fortunate enough to stay on board, but we all had to t make a, a number of sacrifices and take cuts, but my school loans started kicking in and physical therapy amongst many other you know types of education is very uh -huh. expensive. So I had ended up actually moving to a different company and getting an internship there with a pet health insurance company. Mm, and I was there for three months doing that and they were a startup at the time and there were about 12 of us in the office. And after my internship, I really wanted to stay there because I liked the team, I liked the, the company and what they were doing. And I told my boss, I, I really want to stay here full time. So he told me to go home and you know, try out Google AdWords for the first <laughs> time. And I didn't know anything about it other than what it was, but I never got a chance to explore the uh, insides of it. So I went back to my friends at Evo, the place I worked at before then, and I asked them to give me a rundown of Google AdWords in one weekend, and they did, and I came back with a list of the recommendations for us to try out. And my boss had tried everything except one thing. And that one thing he said, you're hired. And I got to teach myself and learn PPC from the ground up. And that was oh, wow. officially like my way into paid search, which later transitioned to paid social as well. That's interesting. So was the transition into paid social an extension to paid search? Because paid search obviously is, is more a lower funnel activity where people actively are looking for information. And paid mm -hmm. social is more a mid funnel. Even you know, if you if you do prospecting, it's more an upper funnel activity to kind of complete the funnel. Is that how you kind of went into social media marketing? It feels like every job was a big step. So after that pet health insurance company, I was attending Search Marketing Expo conferences while mm -hmm. with my team, and I was looking to move to California from Seattle. And I, the job that I had at the time was in office only, so I was seeking new employment. And I attended this conference and I was tweeting so much and uh, Danny Sullivan, who worked at Search Engine Land before, mm -hmm. followed me back and I had a conversation with him later that afternoon at that show and he told me to contact him after because he liked my tweeting style and they needed essentially a me on their team. So after uh -huh. that show, I moved to California and I got a job there. So that was the, the last job that I had as an employee for another company before I launched my own and that's where I really got to learn a lot where I had the opportunity to do paid social, paid search, and be in charge of the whole advertising funnel from start uh -huh. to finish. That's great. Um, I'm, I'm sure you learned a lot out there uh, when you were, oh, yeah. um, I think it's a third door media, right? Uh, the company behind Correct. it. Correct, yeah. yeah. Marketing to marketers is a challenge in itself, but it was a, a welcome challenge. <laughs> great. So then, you know, you worked at third door media at what point did you decide, hey, you know what, um, it's great to be employed, but it might be greater to be self-employed? Um, I loved working there, but there was no room for me to grow. And after almost four years being there, I yearned for something more. I wanted just more than the responsibilities. I wanted the authority to be able to help more types of businesses and be involved in more channels and be more involved with strategy and to be able to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. And I realized the only way I was going to be able to do that after talking to a number of my friends who, who run their own businesses and when it comes to marketing or other types of industries. And I really just was drawn to the whole um, journey of entrepreneurship, even though I didn't know where to start. But mm -hmm. that's kind of what or the tipping point got. And I realized that I needed to make a change and take that leap. Okay. Um, so... After you made up your mind that, you know what, this is a great job, but I'm kind of stuck in a way I, I can't progress, I can't grow, 
Um, how long did it take you from, from making that decision to founding Agritize? It took me, uh, I was thinking about it for more than a year, but I am patient and I thought that maybe there would be other opportunities within the company that would arise. But after uh, a while, it just got to the point where I realized that I needed to make some changes sooner than later. And I reached out to a good friend of mine who's been running her own uh, PPC agency for about 10 years longer than I. And she's a very close friend of mine. Her name is Pamela Lund. And mm -hmm. I wanted to ask her if I could shadow her for a day. And I put it off for nine months because I was afraid she was going to say no or I'd be wasting her time, which in hindsight now it's taught me a very big lesson because when I finally got to the point where I emailed her out of uh, mild frustration with where I was in my life at that point, yeah. and she's like, you couldn't have emailed me at a better time. I'm actually looking to scale back. I will teach you everything I know and do you one better. I'll give you some of my clients because I'm oh, wow. looking to build a completely different business that's not marketing related. And I'll teach you everything I know. And I don't even know how I can properly thank her because that was essentially <laughs> the start of what gave me the confidence to take that leap. And as you know yourself, being a business owner, there's no mm -hmm. manual to entrepreneurship. To, so no. to have a mentor and to ask that small question that had a massive result that was rewarding in the end, and it still is every day as I continue to grow my business, those were two big lessons that I learned that year. So, so you do the, you know, this one day shattering um, of, of, of your friend and that was then the start of Agritize. How long did it take you then from that point on to found the company to, you know, to get everything in place? In two weeks. <laughs> oh, wow. That was then very quick. I gave my notice and um, waited two weeks and started to get my, my things in order and left the company because a lot of my friends and the other company that I work for was like family to me and I, you know, I wanted to leave properly, uh -huh. but at the same time that I knew that I didn't have enough time to you know, take a break and I wanted to dive right in because I didn't know when I was going to start generating income from my new work essentially. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, I think you were, in a, you were in a unique position, right? As you said, you all of a sudden had already a book of clients, which I think is, is probably the biggest challenge for anyone that mm -hmm. wants to found their own company i'm you no know, usually people take one or two clients or have already something lined up but i assume that already gave you a lot of confidence because you didn't have to look at the end of the month you know have i made enough money to pay all my bills um absolutely so, yeah so so with with you know with that with that already in place how did you then go about to to grow the company so how did you manage a client and i assume you were you know a single business owner so you didn't have anyone else um in mm -hmm. the in the team to help you how did you balance out taking care of the clients and doing you know growing the company it was a lot of long days and weekends but it was also very exciting because it was something i could call my own and everything mm -hmm. that i put into it i could see whether it was working out or not and the biggest thing that I know that I was in a fortunate situation where my friend was looking to offload work and I was looking to pick it up. I think that the biggest thing that has helped in terms of business development and retention with clients over the years is to network, whether it's in person or online. I'm very active on Twitter and I have been for years. And honestly, Twitter is a great source of just not industry friendships, but getting leads and building other relationships, maybe partnerships. And like you and I met uh, digitally as well, just, being mm -hmm. visible and conversing and helping people, um, whether it's your industry or not, people will remember that. And 
I was attending conferences for years before starting my own thing or even working at a marketing conference company, but just making sure that you are putting yourself out there as uncomfortable as it can be. It does get easier with time that just ask people how you can help them and you'll be surprised with our industry. I feel like there's so much work to go around and everyone's very helpful and willing to share information that just get out there and say hello and start that journey with networking and it'll help your business tremendously in the long run. I recently read, again, in preparation for this podcast, I read that you, was it a year, 18 months ago, you decided to be more vocal, to go to go out and, and be an active speaker actually at conferences, not only to go there and, and just, you know, sit there and listen to other people, but also, you know, have your own voice heard by people. Um, how did you make that decision? Because I, you know, I think there are a lot of people out there that say, hey, you know what? Yeah, there's this conference and I could, I could apply for a speaker spot, but, you know, what are people interested in listening to and what am I talking about? And I hate to talk in front of a lot of people. I mean, there's so many, you know, so many fears people have when it comes to taking that step. Um, and from, from the post, I think I read, it was a little bit diff uh, similar to you, for you. So how did you overcome that? How did you make the decision and how did you prepare for, for, the, for, the, for the speaking engagements? How did you come up with topics that you pitched? Excellent question. Well, for 30-some years, I've had terrible stage fright, even though I've played in a number of you know, concerts growing up with a very musically inclined uh, family, and I'd had to be on stage since I was a kid, but I would black out, and I knew that as I got older, and my business was me, that I would have to showcase it and tell people what I know and share information, and it wasn't enough just to you know, attend and network, where that plays a huge role in lead generation for our company. We haven't had to do any advertising Uh, since mm -hmm. we've been in business for four and a half years, but the speaking part really propelled it even further. So year three of my business, things took a little bit of a dip, and that was the year that I really learned about doing business development. And into year four, I wanted to make do everything I could in my power to propel everything in the right direction and not have another year like year three. So at the end of year three, I, I made a goal that for 2018, I would speak at least at one marketing conference. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I put that out there on Twitter and I started telling my friends through the industry, I, I was presented with a number of opportunities from mm -hmm. podcasts just to get me warmed up, you know, just speaking, but also mm -hmm. transitioning that to in, in person and doing events. And I started with some stuff at the local chamber of commerce where I live. I signed mm -hmm. up there. I started attending events. I told people that I was interested in speaking and if I can ever share any information to help our community when it comes to marketing and advertising. That gave me an opportunity to do a number of events last year on a smaller scale. And then, um, you know, being in the marketing industry, it, in attending conferences, a lot of, most of my friends actually are speakers. Mm -hmm. And they've always been encouraging me for years to do it, but I just never had the, the um, you know, the, I wasn't brave enough to tackle that type of thing because I was so afraid. But Toastmasters, it's an international organization and uh, they have clubs everywhere. And I decided to sign up to the closest one by my house, which meets every Monday. And for one year, I didn't miss a single meeting with that goal in mind that I would want to overcome my fears. And sure, I still get nervous. I'm not refined by any means. But mm -hmm. that helped me land more and more speaking opportunities, whether it was in person or online from podcasts and webinars. And with each one, I've become more comfortable. And it's helped my business uh, become much more, I think I've, I've gained more authority in the fact that I do know what I'm 
doing when it comes to work. It's not just me working in my office and, you know, my, my clients know what I'm doing, but mm -hmm. to be able to share that information to a community that has helped me learn to where I've grown into the marketer that I am today, I just wanted to give back and to not be afraid to do that. So if you are terrified of public speaking, one, you know, long story long, I'd love to offer the the recommendation of signing up for Toastmasters. You can visit as a guest for free and just mm -hmm. see what it's all about, but every club has the same format. And it really teaches you how to uh, improve your public speaking, whether it's impromptu speaking or a certain type of informative or inspiring speech or professional speech. There's different types of goals you can follow. So that was the biggest proponent of where I am today in terms of public speaking. Well, that's a great advice. Um, <clears throat> so after you kind of got over your fear or the reservation, let's say that way, of you know <laughs> going out there and speaking publicly. Um, how did you how did you find the topics that you thought would be interesting for conferences? Typically, I would pitch something, maybe something interesting that happened with a client, a case study that I think could be applicable mm -hmm. to multiple industries. Or just seeing what's on been uh, previously discussed at their shows, or sometimes I even just ask them, "What are you looking for? Who's your audience, and what are they looking to learn when it comes to certain things that I specialize in when it comes to paid social?" And if there's a lot of things on Facebook or Instagram because those are much bigger, more established uh, platforms, there's a lot of things that I'm currently doing this year where I've noticed that there are really big trends with Pinterest and LinkedIn mm -hmm. and trying to pitch those as well because I feel like it's very important as a marketer to diversify because, you know, our jobs, we shouldn't rely our jobs on just one channel. Uh, yeah. like if something happens to Facebook, then mm -hmm. <laughs> what are we supposed to do? So it's just good mm -hmm. to prepare and you know test different channels. So I look for little special things that can stand out but also be applicable. Great. So <clears throat> you said business development is, is, I mean, it's not really something you have to do. You basically go out and speak, and that is the business development. So you don't really have someone sitting in a company that has to call up people or has to send out emails um, which I think is, is is great. It obviously helps to alleviate a lot of pressure a lot of business owners have um, when it comes mm -hmm. to finding new business. Um, now that you're a business owner, um, when you when you look back uh, at the last four years, what were the things about being a business owner, being self-employed, that you did not expect? That kind of took you completely by surprise. Honestly, everything. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I, I had not previously worked at an agency, which I think I did myself a slight disservice because I had to really dive in deep into learning how to run an agency without having prior experience. So that in itself was a, a huge lesson, but business development to you know, managing client expectations and learning how to price my services accordingly with, you know, industry standards, but also to make it fair for my business to grow and also for the clients to be uh, acceptive of it and to get results and make it worthwhile for them. So I feel like there's so many areas of running a business that I didn't previously know that just come with the journey as you get to certain points. And what area do you feel did you grow the most? I don't know if this is because it's it's new, but I'd probably say public speaking and just being able to communicate with much more confidence. Okay, um, and then on the on the flip side, you know, what did not what did not surprise you at all being a business owner? What did you expect, and that actually happened? 
I've heard that it's it's a lot of work, but it's incredibly rewarding. And I had a feeling it would be that way because I wanted to put everything into it and just hearing what my entrepreneur friends have had to say over the, the years and just seeing how busy they are. So I knew it was going to be a lot of work. So that didn't surprise me and I was ready to take that on. Okay. And then how does a day look like for you? <clears throat> When do you usually start? Do you, you know, do you start really early? stop really late or you know do you have a nine to five nine to six schedule i try to work normal business hours because clients do but i am an early bird and i function best in terms of just brain capacity and i start my day usually between 6 30 and 7 a.m and get a bunch of reporting done first thing in the day and send anything mm -hmm. that's related to math but i'm much more creative as the day goes on and I feel like it shifts around one to two o'clock and I need to take a little break and then get back into it. So I try to take lunch, but it's taken me, you know, all these years to figure out what works when and the fact that I can alter my day as I best see fit because I am in charge of my business. Mm. But I also try to stagger things like have phone calls or reports certain days or certain times of the month or the week. So I'm not overloading every single day and that I use it effectively. So you really at the end of the day, organize and, and, and schedule your week, your month properly out to, you know, to be able to accomplish all the things that have to be done um, to achieve the outcome that you're looking for um, and not to be surprised by, by things that come up all the time in an agency environment. Correct. Yeah, and of course, you can't control everything, but I try to do my best to optimize my day and to be the most efficient that I can for my clients. That makes sense. Um, for someone who who thinks about, hey, you know what, I have this great idea. I, I want to launch my own business. What would you say to them? How and where should they start with the process of founding their own business? Don't hesitate. If there's anyone question, if there's someone that you admire that's an entrepreneur or somebody that's doing the exactly same work as you, but maybe years ahead, reach out to that person, ask for a mentor because it, it's an overwhelming journey in itself to feel alone, but you're, you're not alone. There's a lot of people in our position that, you know, are looking to make that, take that leap or already have done it. And they can offer a lot of great advice. So seek someone out and ask if you can shadow them for a day. You never know what it'll turn out to be. It, it might end up like my beginning, but if not, um, just start connecting with people. And I guess back to that, just, Ask for recommendations, advice of where you can start. Maybe listen to podcasts like this one or look for some online forums for entrepreneurs or maybe just pick up some books that might be popular uh, among the entrepreneur community to dive into that and just start building it out. Also, you know, start with a website and just take make a list of everything you'll need for the first few months to get up and running. Um, if you work in marketing, which we probably do listening to this podcast, but um, look at what other agencies are doing and what you can do to replicate that, but to call it your own, using your own voice, your own uh, mission, and just turning mm. that into your brand. Okay. From your perspective, how important is it to kind of focus on, 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 on the service that you're offering in regards to not going too broad and saying, hey, I do, you know, like in your case, you could have said, I do paid search, I do paid social, I do display. Um, I do email marketing, I do native, etc. How important is it to really focus on one service that you can do really good compared to, you know, 
doing a lot, but not that great? Excellent question. I actually started off my company doing all of the things that you just oh, okay. mentioned. And during that dip in year three, I realized that, you know, I always, I don't take my own advice. I tell clients to test every aspect of their campaigns to their business and see what works and what doesn't. But I wasn't applying the same methodology to my own business. And after, you know, sitting down with a few friends at conferences and they've, they've run their own businesses, again, I, I asked them, what would you recommend? And they told mm. me, eat your own dog food or, you know, take your own advice. <laughs> so that was the year that I realized that this could be a good test right now because things are down and I'm looking to bring it back up. And while I've done all these things for over a decade, I realized that I love doing paid social a lot more. I'm fascinated by targeting based on interests and behaviors mm -hmm. rather than keywords. And I still yeah. offer that, but I decided to remove all the paid search things off of services off of my site. I still do them on occasion if a client wants to expand into those areas, but I have people that do that now. But I focus primarily and decided to specialize in just one thing and become the person that can do X, Y, and Z for paid social. And I really started pushing that out there. And I always thought that if this doesn't work out, that if it's just too narrow of a service offering that I can always revert back and offer more. And I thought I would, you know, I, I would have to revert, but it turns out that I've actually gotten more business since telling people exactly what I do, especially when talking to business owners who might not mm -hmm. be as savvy to different marketing terms where I say, oh, I do digital marketing. And that's a really broad term. There's so many yeah. different aspects of it to where when I started specializing and I said, I do Facebook ads, I do Instagram ads. The regular, the normal person that uses those apps knows what they are and they yeah. can relate much more. And I've gotten much more business since doing that. So definitely dive in and figure out what your passion is about and build mm -hmm. that out and let people know that you specialize in that. So then you can be the go-to person for those services. That's a good advice. Um, how do you, how do you deal or have you come up with situation where, you know, your client was approached by an, another agency that offered everything they're probably bigger usually um mm -hmm. how did you keep your position how did you keep a client how did you convince the client that you know what i am the right one for you for social media advertising ah that's a really great question i've had a few scenarios like that and i've managed to get some clients that i didn't think that i could get you know, as being the small agency that I currently am. Uh -huh. And I've, I'm not, we don't, we don't just set it and forget it. There's a lot of mm -hmm. things that need attention and not just because it needs it, but because we want to do it. And I emphasize that to clients that we may be small, but we're mighty. Whereas larger agencies, they do a great job. I'm not trying mm -hmm. to take anything away from them because they do offer all the services and it's convenient to have a one-stop shop for everything. But sometimes yeah. depending on, Certain agencies that I've had experiences in the past, they, they're just so overloaded with clients that are not able to dedicate as much attention as certain clients need and, mm -hmm. or maybe even want. So being you know, specialized and being smaller, I do work with other agencies that we partner with and we specialize in our own services. So we're kind of a collective of, of small agencies and can provide the same services and maybe to a degree better because we're so small and we're able to you know, really give all the attention that we can to those clients and it's worked out in the past for us. And if, you know, they, they want to make it much more seamless and go to just a one-stop shop where it can provide a lot more to, a, you know, a bigger client like that, then by all means, I encourage them and I recommend them to certain ones that uh, I know do mm -hmm. great work. 
So it yeah. just depends. Every situation is different. Every client is different, but we just try to do the best we can. And, you know, if it's not a good match, we're happy to send them somewhere else that uh, they can get exactly what they're looking for because sometimes that'll come back with some good karma points or even some work down the line. Yeah. I want to go back one step when you said, you know, in year three kind of business started to dip a little bit downwards. Mm -hmm. um, did you, did you have any, any fear, any doubts at that point? Um, and, and if so, how, how did you manage that? Because having talked to a lot of business owners, you know, they always say, or many of them say, you know what, when things get tough, that's when, when it's really hard to stay on course and to, to keep motivated, you know, How, how did you overcome that situation other than, oh, in addition to saying, you know what, I'm focusing on paid social media only? That was a tough year and a lot of tough decisions had to be made, but there, I didn't want to go back to working for someone else now that I had a taste of running my own business. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just, I, I wanted to do everything that I could. So from public speaking to learning how to business development, but the thing that I learned that year that, you know, helped keep propelling things forward that I knew that I couldn't go, you know, things were already pretty bad. I learned to diversify. So essentially what happened that year, just to give a little bit more context that uh, I think would be very helpful for some of your listeners is that I lost my two biggest clients in one week and it was mm. to no fault of our own. It, I've been working for those clients for two, a little bit over two years at that point, but one, their CEO resigned and they had to pull back on everything. And then the mm. other one got acquired by a larger company and, That was great news, but it came as a surprise, which, you know, I, I wish that we would have found her earlier, but that taught me that, you know, I don't have just a bunch of larger clients because if anything happens <laughs> like that, you lose like 90% of your income yeah. and then you have to scramble to find everything else. So it took about eight months to get back, but I kept feeding the funnel, having conversations with people, taking on smaller projects in the meantime, being less selective just mm -hmm. to keep feeding the funnel and feeding finances and keep going forward because I really didn't want to go back and I didn't want to close my doors. <laughs> yeah. That makes a, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, you know, throughout the entire podcast, we talked about um, going from being an employee to business owner. Um, we haven't talked at all about social media marketing so it's, it's, it's kind of one of the last questions. From your perspective, in the social media world, what is the big thing um, over the next two, three years that businesses need to pay attention to and need to go into, need to do, basically? I know this isn't new, but I feel like it's still heavily underutilized, but start doing video, create video content for every part of your marketing funnel, whether it's email, whether it's organic social media to paid social, um, just start creating video because pe people are so distracted these days with, you know, technology and just over stimulus of everything that goes on in different channels, uh, whether, you know, it's a social app or you're just browsing online, mm -hmm. but video Uh, a lot of companies are doing it, but it's still heavily undersaturated. With Facebook, Instagram, you see a lot of it more of it there with, uh, you know, newsfeed videos uh, going live or maybe even doing stories, which is a great way to do short form content. You don't have to get a big team or uh, have, like high end equipment to start telling your story and just showcasing behind the scenes and showcase your brand. And then you can turn those into ads 
and expand into other areas well. Pinterest and LinkedIn, they've made significant changes over the last year, and you can really get a lot of organic and paid um, visibility there. And it's still under-saturated compared to what Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. So test those channels out, create video content. It's a really great quick way to get connect with your users in a visual way. And you'll be surprised that those will, you know, they actually convert a lot better. You know, get higher engagement rates typically because people digest the content much easier than they would with text. Yeah. And when you say video, we're not talking about a minute video. I mean, I assume you're talking about short form videos. So what is that? 10, 15 seconds videos? Yes. So test out different ones. See what works best for the story you're trying to tell. Uh, the best thing to do is put your best foot forward in the first 10 to 15 seconds of the video if it is longer than that. Show your brand so the users aren't left wondering what this is about. Show your logo, show your product or your service. But um, you know, start with something small, maybe 15 seconds long, maybe try 30. And if you have a longer brand story, maybe a minute. But just see what works well for the different audiences and the channels that you're using. Great. Thank you so much for that advice. Um, Akvila, thank you so much for, for coming onto the podcast. Um, if people want to find more about you um, and or advertise, how did they go about it? How can they find thank you? Thank you so much. <laughs> it's a pleasure speaking with you, Stefan. Uh, you can find me at advertise.com. So it's A-K-V-E-R-T-I-S-E. Or you can find me by my name, which is a little bit more complicated, but it's Akvila DeFazio. You find me on that at Twitter. We put uh, the website into uh, into the description, so it's easier for the listener who's interested to connect uh, to find the information. Thanks everyone for listening. If you like the Performance Delivered podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at symphonichq. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.